on. <laughs> Hello and what welcome back to the Brainstorming Basketball Podcast. Oh, that happened last time. My that bad. did happen last time. I am joined by newly, um, what do I call you? Newly depressed Harry Leo with the Knicks being eliminated and, wow. and a dejected Yosef Nasser. Yosef's a have to be in my boat, bro. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm not dejected, buckets. Okay, go <laughs> ahead. Seven go game ahead, series. Why are you putting words in my mouth? Sixers in five. Okay. <laughs> we just watched the Floyd Mayweather fight. Do you guys want to give your give your takes for that before we get started? No, fuck that. What I was going to say no. before the podcast started is dropping news, guys. Kobe White cut his hair. Yeah, yeah, that's old news. Did he really? Did oh, you see this, Yosef? No bro. Way. I didn't. I just log on Instagram, you know, in between the third and the fourth round of this epic showdown from um, the greatest pound for pound boxer of all time and a YouTuber. And what do I see? I see Kobe, Kobe White, um, of Wakanda has cut his beautiful mane. It's gone. Why? Can you explain this to me as Kobe White's um lover? First of all, all three of us were supposed to be spearheading the Kobe White fan club. This has been the case for about a month, so I don't know what you guys are doing, but he has had his hair cut for like a month. He announced oh, it when he did it. This is re- I'm depressed about this now. Oh my god, dude! I feel out of touch, man. I'm sorry, Alec. I'm 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 not surprised that you didn't know, but the fact that Yost didn't know this, as the <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I like Kobe White on the basketball court. I don't stalk the guy. I mean, I'm the opposite. I just think he's a good player. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, well, we missed you guys, the audience that listens to this, especially you, Timmy. Um, let's get right into Sixers Hawks because that game was it was really really fun. Honestly, one of the best games I've seen in the playoffs. Yosef, as our resident Sixers fan slash expert. What were your thoughts on game one? And where is your level of concern at? Let's start with the level of concern. I would say a five out of 10. Um, There's pluses and minuses to take away from this game. We have to be better uh, guarding Trey. Um, We we talked about this uh, via Twitter, DM, uh, Armand, uh, about the strategy, whether you would put Ben on him, Um, versus, you know, Danny and, you know, trapping him on the pick and roll. The problem is that when you trap him all the time, they've got a four and three, four on three every single time. So it makes your backline defenders have to cover all of that space, which is why we were kind of debating, would we rather have Ben back there, you know, covering ground, playing free safety, or would you rather have Danny back there? And um, ultimately the problem with the Hawks is that because they're so smart with their extra passing, uh, you know, when they're in those four and three situations, Kevin Herter and Bogdan are firing away. Um, you've got guys running to the rim. Uh, Trey Young is lethal. Um, e- even times when we defended him perfectly, he'd hit a mid-range jumper. He'd get to the line. He'd hit a floater in the lane. He was just sensational. He is a superstar uh, point guard. And, you know, people talk about his defense. With the Sixers, you're always able to hide him on a, on a Thibault or, you know, a Seth Curry or a Danny Green. So, you know, I think we need to make a more concerted effort to punish him. The the positive for me is that Joel Embiid looked healthy and um, th- that's good. I think Doc needs to tighten his rotation. Which know, is crazy, play- right? J- this guy tore his meniscus three days ago. Is he on the LeBron diet or what? You know what I'm saying? The audience can't see this, but I'm injecting steroids. Imagine <laughs> hold on, hold on. Don't slander the process. 
Trust the process. Uh, no, I'm slandering LeBron. I'm, sand- I'm slandering the process. I just don't understand. He, dude, he's seven feet tall. He tore his meniscus a couple of days ago, and he looks, he looks fucking great. I mean, that's – yeah, like you said, he looks healthy. I think that uh, these teams, like, at this stage, you have to kind of know who your guys are, right? And I think that, um, you know, Doc's still trying to play too many guys. He's a little late on, you know mm. – rotations you know we went with an all bench unit and you know the game kind of got out of control so um i think that if, if we can tighten that up we can play and also like w- that fourth quarter armand like and harry um the hawks like big game a lack of big game experience showed i mean so many mistakes you know kevin herter on the i i, I to watch it again it's just like a comedy of errors of like how it's like wow, the middle mafia that game that we lost uh, in game three just the comedy of errors to, that allowed the sixers to get back in the game uh my confidence level is a five out of ten um nothing changes series doesn't start till team wins on the road uh hawks won on the road good for them let's see them do it game two my thing with uh with the strategy against Trey is that they did. They tried a lot of different things, and sometimes they were they they would try to trap him, and he's just so freaking tiny, and like he he's just slippery. He's slippery, and he flops so much that he got mm-hmm. out of a couple of them. And when he gets out of them, now it's a five on three, and now it's really at a disadvantage. And it's just I feel like yeah. Who was it that tweeted the other week? Like, was it uh, who who said I would never want to be a ref today? Was that Jokic that said that? I think somebody said that. I thought it was LeBron, bro. Some star no? said that. I, I forget. Like LeBron. last week. And refing Trey is one of the most annoying things ever. And watching Trey is a delight and a nuisance at the same time. Harry, what did you think of, of that Hawks-Sixers game? Well, I mean, honestly, are the Hawks more talented than the Sixers? Straight up, like from, from – I'm talking about from, like, 1 through 10, you know what I'm saying? Like, counting, like, all this depth that maybe you wouldn't even use, you know, in the playoffs. I, I think their offense runs so much smoother because our offense is dependent on getting Joel Embiid the ball in the post yep. or maybe Tobias, you know, at the top key pick and roll. Trey is so quick. Like, he can get the get into the paint and get, you know, uh, defense in rotation so much yeah. quicker than we can because we need, you know, entry pass, Joel Embiid back down, back down, yeah. send a double. You know, it, it's just a way more efficient way to to get the ball, the ball moving. So I, I understand what you're saying. I, I think, you know, in the playoffs especially, like we see these guards go off for um, huge numbers, and it's because, like, if you can break down the guy in front of you or if you can force a team to, to trap you on the pick and roll and create advantage situations, you can do that so much quicker from the perimeter yeah. than you can from trying to enter it into the post. So, um, bro. I don't know if you're taking a shot or whatever. Like, I don't take offense to it. I, like, um, no, no, no. I, no, I, I'm, I'm asking in, in honesty. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not coming. At I you think like that, that if you were a GM, you like, you know, like, and you were to like draft the players, um, you know, one by one. The Sixers like would probably have more guys in that so. top sector, but it's just the way the pieces fit, and ultimately Trey is the X factor here. For like, sure. he, he, he's just evil, Steve, man. <laughs> Dude, you know what's funny about. Uh, what you just said about man it's so much quicker to just get into your your shit when you have like a star guard when you when you've built your offense around a guard instead of a big man i was thinking about this the other day i was like 
Dude, what if the shot clock? If I feel like if the shot clock was like thirty six seconds instead of twenty four, we it would be the nineties. You would see big men dominate. You have all day to set your guy up. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like the the rules of the game twenty four second where the three point line is. You know all of these things plus how long that the the game has been around now has evolved to the point where like you said like it favors certain types of players and that's not a secret but. You know, that's not to say the Sixers, who are humongous, like your two best players are absolutely gigantic and bead for any position. And Ben Simmons definitely for his position. I don't know what you want to call him. But like that size, it just doesn't apply the same way nowadays that it did in the 1990s or the early 2000s, really. When it's like we just didn't see basketball that way, at, you know, on the pro level. And I think the analytics movement as well, just the collective consciousness, mm-hmm. because I think even when we were, you know, I, I don't remember, remember when you're, I don't know when you guys started watching basketball. I started watching basketball in the mid 2000s. And like, yeah, I was the way like that, 08, 09. The way that we think about basketball um, today and what's efficient and the players understanding that not, not just people who are consuming and watching basketball, but the players understanding, um, you know, players understand like if I can get an advantage on a guy and then, you know, cock my head back, you know, James Harden, Trey Young, Joel Embiid, that's so much more efficient than, you know, trying to get into the mid range and take a step back, um, you know, get into the paint, you know, understanding what, uh, what are good shots, what are bad shots, like game planning for them. And then I think the X factor is like, you know, I I think people misinterpret analytics like, Oh, don't take mid range shots. Analytics means don't like, if you're a role player, you know, what are you taking a mid-range shot when you can take it, you know, like uh, take a three, when that shot can be a three. The elite players, the Kawhi Leonard's, um, the, you know, who we, we can talk about as well, like in order to make a mid-range shot valuable, you have to shoot it at such a high percentage compared to a mm-hmm. three-point shot, but the elite players do that. So it's not, the analytics thing is, it's not don't take mid-range shots. It's like, you know, you have to be super good to take mid-range shots. And, you know, all of these other options are so much better. Layups, getting to the line, three-point shots um, are, are better. But defenses are trying to take that away in the playoffs, in which case those elite mid-range shooters um, like a Joel Embiid, um, mm. like a Kawhi Leonard, you know, can, can make a difference. Um, but I don't know, man. It's, it, it's upsetting, but I was heartened, you know, by the Sixers' able, uh, ability to come back. And I do think we have advantages. We don't have a prayer without Joel Embiid, but the fact that he looked healthy, it gives me hope that we can, you know, win in six or seven. I mean, you should have a lot of hope, Yost, because the, the takeaway I, I had was, I think, the same as you guys. The end of that game was just a blitz, a blitz by the Sixers on the Hawks. And was it Draymond that tweeted that basically they flipped the momentum yep. even even in yep. a loss? I, I wanted to quickly, though, give a quick shout out to a guy who I thought did a lot for them. <laughs> this is such a me thing to say. Solomon Hill really impressed me today because DeAndre Hunter was out and they needed like a, a filler and he played. 20- I'm glad you know your brand. But the thing is, he literally like, I don't know, he just he he played his role so well. And those things matter in the playoffs because if that guy comes in and is just, I mean, he only had six points, but if he comes in and does absolutely nothing, I don't know if the Hawks win this game and he didn't do much, but he did make life difficult on the defensive end. He's a dog. Um, so shout out Solomon Hill. He, he, he was an Armani all-star today. That's no, yeah, no doubt. No and doubt. you know who the Armani MVP was, which was Kevin Herter. 
Oh, dude, he's every year perennial. I mean, after so so Kevin Herter made a mistake where like off of the impact bounce pass, he he coughed it up, but he had another player. He had a tough rebound, and then he had another. I don't know if it was a rebound or the ball got in his hands, and he was being like doubled. Two guys coming at, and, and he knew he had uh, two guys coming down the court. The oh. the the outlet pass to was it Collins? It was, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, it was John Collins. Yeah, like, you know, and, and Armand, you know, spammed our, our, our message board. High IQ Kevin, high IQ Kevin. But, you know, this is the guy you knew who he'd always be. So I'm happy that you had that opportunity to see that at the expense of my Sixers. 15 points, five rebounds, four assists, 29 minutes, six of nine shooting. I love that guy so much. And I cannot wait. Yes, Harry, go ahead. I just want to say, I think that, Kyle or Kyle Herter, Kevin Herter is Denny of Dia's ceiling. Totally random thought, but I just wow. had. I actually think that's the player that Denny is like destined to be. Like this fucking actually low-key good secondary ball handler. Who's huge, dude. I always forget a big Kevin Herter is. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Keep going. No, you're you're good. So we gotta get to game seven, uh Mavs Clippers, but before we do, let's get everybody's series prediction as it stands now with the Hawks up one nothing. Yos, go ahead. Uh, Sixers and seven. Seven. Wow. Wow. I, you guys don't see facial expressions, but that was a very, like, kind of a candid Yosef Nasser expression right there with the little. I, I think that Philip Serena, like, tr- like I, I don't know if we want to have this conversation now or, like, because we remember what the Hawks were before Trey Young came into the picture. And, no home you know, I'll always say that um, the – the Hawks will always regret passing on Luca, trading out of that pick to get Trey, unless they win a championship. But like Trey, like for for a screw up that big, like to end up with Trey is like the best possible situation. The Kings are sitting here with Marvin Bagley with no idea what they're gonna do with him. Um, Aiton is a pretty solid center, but that's still you know, and he fits their team, so I get it. But like Luca, with what he's been doing, you know, these entire playoffs, his entire career, like this this is the next, you know. LeBron James face of the league type guy but Trey is so dynamic and mm. like he transformed their fan base they had the most apathetic fan base in the league like I remember mm-hmm. Jamal Crawford um you know had a comment to the media when he used to play there it's like you know every home game <laughs> there's Kobe jerseys in the stands <laughs> there's opposing jerseys in the stands like um and, and Phillips Arena is so hard to win and as we saw in this past series like th- that team they don't even have to do the fake organ music anymore. They they love Trey Young. They love this team. So, like, I expect those games to be, you know, super tough. So that's why I have it going to seven, just because um, winning on the road. Um, but but I do think that Joel Embiid is going – we're going to be able to slow down Trey and Joel Embiid's going to make his, his mark. But I don't know. If we lose game two, it's going to be a quick series. Wow. Harry? Dude, um – how good is that draft class now, by the way? How good oh, does that it's, look? It's one of the best. It's going to be like, one of the best of this past I, decade. I will be 100% straight up with this. I thought Aiden was a bitch and a little <laughs> pussy the past two years. He's been great. He's really good. I mean, awesome. honestly, you know, he's, he's, he's really blossomed into, like, maturing into the type of guy that I didn't think he was capable of. Uh, you know, apologies to Mr. Aiden. Um. I, I'll go Sixers in six. 
Oh, man, I hate it when people pick six. Six is like the most – six is the worst number when you're predicting an NBA playoff series because it's like – it's just such a fucking bitch number. You know, you're like, I don't think it's going to go seven and have that kind of drama. But I think one team's going to win decisively, but it's not going to be in five games, which is uh, – Harry, there are only so many options, man. You only get five, six, <laughs> right. or seven. So There's only four. Don't beat yourself up for the four six. Numbers. All right, oh, thanks, four. man. You know what? Yeah, okay. I'll go, I'll go with them in six. I I agree with you, Harry. I got six as well. If Doc makes the adjustments that he should make, that everybody on Twitter was screaming at him to make during game one. Can I ask you, what would you, Armand, like uh, personnel-wise, what would you do? Who, who, are, who are your guys you're going to war mm. with? I would bench Danny. I would bring Danny Green off the bench, and I would start. I agree. Um, I would also start Matisse, for sure. Yeah. Put Matisse. He's just so much more – he's so much quicker. Full court press tray from from the opening tap, and make okay, him, make him work for everything, and then occasionally we'll let him dribble it up. But we want him to have to extend out, uh, uh, elongate possessions, and not get into pick and roll as easily. And and honestly, if he does get around the screen, I would just switch everything. I would tr- I would tell uh, Matisse to try to not switch and go over the top. But if he gets beat, then we switch and then. We make him ISO because I don't think he's – he's amazing, but his ISO game is probably his his weakness, I guess you could say, offensively. He's such a Damn, good – Damn, full-court press, dude. That's that's some, like, Indiana basketball Hoosier shit. Like, I, I love it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yo, so don't you think he would torch – don't you think he would torch switches, though? Like, I, I just yeah. think, like, you know, if you get Seth Curry on him, like, on, in a switch or, or Tyrese Maxey, that, w- that would Bro. make me scared. I don't, I don't even think it's about who it is. I think it's he's so good at that shooting, pulling that three in transition when like in the tr- transition of like people switching, you know, like onto him. Yeah. Like I don't know, he's fucking. He'll just pull anything. It's ridiculous. I think yeah. Basically, um, if if the trap doesn't work, basically if he pulls the trap all the way out, then I would just tell tell Maxi or Curry to switch and then. If we get burned on one possession, we get burned. If we continue to get burned, then we then go back to the trap, and then we have to play four on three. There's not really a great answer for it. He's such a There's good no solution. player. It's just and it's hard to help off of these guys because you know Herder and Bogdanovich are forty percent three point shooters. Bogdanovich yeah. is a fucking yeah. sniper, man. Like this guy, like has no conscience. He's a cold blooded killer. Like he is. Let's let's uh, let's. He also went on. viral as a as a rapper. Oh my <laughs> god, he, he's the best. Token fucking bars. Game seven, Clippers Mavericks. Uh, we honestly, I th- I think we got robbed of a good game because half of Dallas's supporting cast slash their coach decided to shit the bed today. But um, it was still a fun game. It was still a very very good game, and. I'm going to start it off with with a very simple question for you guys. Pick a player right now, Luka Doncic or Kawhi Leonard. Yosef, go ahead. To talk about? <laughs> no. To- if, who's Who do you think is a better basketball player between those two? And I know that's an unfair question because they're both amazing. If you had to pick, who would you take now that we saw them in a, in a seven-game series? I think the story of this game is that they're super elite players and Kawhi had a better supporting cast. I'll I'll give it to Kawhi, um, but I mean, both of those players did their thing and Kawhi just got, you know, 
the help in this game. I mean, th this Mavericks supporting cast is pathetic, whereas, like, uh, Marcus Morris, who's been really bad this, this entire series, showed up to play seven threes. Reggie Jackson hit a deep three late that was huge. Paul George just all around uh, play, you know, they're switching everything, you know, committing to that small ball. Um, and Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard off the bench, both plus 14, um, you know, giving them good minutes. Um, whereas Boban played 31 minutes today. Did he really? Like, Is that a career high? That's got to uh, be up there. He, ne he never plays. And, and yeah. um, I'm going to go with Kawhi. I, and, and I love Luca, and I think that Luca's going to be in that conversation. Wow. Do, do you think Luca's better? I don't know. I don't know. That's not a wow, you're wrong. That's like a wow, like, damn, man, that's a hard question. It's so tough because, like, we know that Luca is going to eventually be the face of the league and the next LeBron James and everything. But I think right now, like, Kawhi Leonard can get to his spot and yeah. knock it down. And, like, you know, he's so strong. Mm. Um, he can make plays for others. He, he's, you know – Stop defensively. Um, By the way, how crazy is it that Luca has also like the whole LeBron comp thing? Like he also can't make a free throw, just like LeBron. <laughs> yeah, that sucks, man. I I don't know if that like because I I don't think like I thought I always thought of him as like a decent free throw shooter, but you know, maybe he's just having one of those weird seasons like that. Remember that Westbrook season like two years ago where he shot like forty percent from the line. Like just the less he shot, extreme version. He of shot it. seventy-three percent in the in the regular season, fifty percent in the playoffs. Um, oh. Like I, I think he messed up his shoulder bad, and you know that combined with fans, I don't know. But like, yeah, the injury thing sucks. Um, that's a great question, by the way, Kawhi or Luca. Um, damn, dude. I mean, you know, this would take another twenty minutes, so we won't do it. But I was even thinking of like a kill fuck Mary between like NBA edition of like LeBron, Kawhi, and Luca. Now that you mentioned LeBron. I'm killing LeBron, that's for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, you got to say that. But think about what you're saying, though. I mean, fuck, dude. That's the goat. I mean, I think I have to go with Luka. Wow. I think Luka is actually the better all-around all around basketball player right now. That's I know what Kawhi did the last two games. Holy shit, what a statement, you know, like on both ends of the floor. But I don't know. I mean, I think, I think Luka's ceiling is – close to the greatest offensive player of all time <laughs> I, I agree with that it reminds me of like when Durant came into the league and we were like oh shit you know and then look 12 years what 10 12 years later whatever it is we're like yeah everybody was right think about everything we were talking about and how much stress uh Trey Young puts on our defense and then like make mm. that guy at 6'10 <laughs> like yeah exactly <laughs> and like super physical like oh my god He's Mashing so people in the post in year yeah. three, like yeah, and that's the thing. Like it, it's, it's tough because like we're in a moment right now. Like I, I like I'm trying to think like right now, like who's better? That's like so Kawhi deep, just bro. won, but I, but I, like, I do feel like the Clippers supporting cast is much better. Um, and I know what Luke is going to be, so I do. Do I give it to him mm. now? But I don't. I don't like. I guess what I'm getting to that is like, given what he did in this series, I don't hate your pick at all. It's like it, it's. It's a coin flip. Both of those guys are super, super elite. So um, good. Dude, the crazy thing is, I don't even think he really played that well by what I think he's, his ceiling is. And that's the crazy part because he was dominant. Like, he's like 30, and he 10, hurt. and 10 every game. He's hurt. He's not shooting the ball well at all, like, to be honest. Like, he had a couple stretches. 
especially in the, uh, that 40-plus point game. Yeah, I think he had two of those, actually. Um, I wonder what his numbers were this quite ridiculous. Yeah. But, like, I honestly feel like he never put together 48 straight minutes of, like, I am the fucking best pl- player on the planet Earth, you know? It's it's so weird with him because today he had 46, 14, and 7. And there was there was a couple takes that I that I saw. I don't think these were popular at all, but I, I saw them that, you know, oh, it's very hard to win with Luca because he's so ball ball dominant and other stars don't get a rhythm. And you know what? I don't agree with that at all, but there is something there where it was like it's like Luca is in the first quarter, he had like twenty, I think. And yeah. then and then it's like, then he has to sit, right? He only sat three minutes in this game. But then it's, it's like he, he, he takes possessions where he's like, all right, Tim, you go do your thing, get a pick and roll, <laughs> just to get some rhythm. Yeah. But in reality, he might be the only player, well, I guess a Steph and a LeBron maybe, where it's just like, nah, man, you actually should like just have the ball every time. <laughs> just, just <laughs> yeah. okay. But he yeah. feels like it's hard for him in year three and with the shitty supporting cast to like find yeah. that balance. But I don't know. Like it's, it's amazing though, to watch. Dude, you're absolutely, you know, what's funny about that though. Like there's only a handful of those people ever that have ever walked this, this earth, like who are like, Oh, like you actually break the rules of this game. Like the game is meant to be like, guys, let's, let's be like egalitarian. You know, like there's five people out here. We're trying to we're trying to get a basket. We're gonna work together, teamwork. And it's like, no, actually, once every like ten years, there's just a person who's born, like the avatar, and they're just like, oh, actually, no, you you just do it all. We're we're not gonna be involved that much, and that is actually the correct way for that team to play. Like that's just so wild to me. I guess speaking of the avatar, speaking of the avatar here, and got snubbed, man, on the Nickelodeon Mount Rushmore. Just wanted to toss that in there. Whoa, bro! I was not I was not aware of this. That's actually- <laughs> no, it was it was trending on Twitter. Like, and was trending because he got snubbed. But anyway, I, I don't want to digress. Armani, no, it, looks, di- it sounded like you were about to say. I was going to say, I guess Houston Harden also fits into that category. Although you know the playoff thing was was a mess with him. But yeah, there's only been a handful of guys, and you know we we mentioned the supporting cast of Dallas. I posed you guys this question before the podcast. And I'll pose it to you now. Um, who would be the ideal running mate with Luca? Because it's clearly not Porzingis, I don't think, right? I mean, we both. We no, all- it's not. You're being politically correct, Armand. I'm going to call you on your on your bullshit. You you know you know that if we were in a Twitter chat, you'd be going in on. Actually, no, I think you like KP. So I don't know. Um, it's not Porzingis. Porzingis is you know a rotation big man. At this running stage. mate. Running mate? You mean for the next fucking Serbian election? Or I don't know where the fuck he's from. Latvia. What? Latvian? Oh, I'm sorry. He's Latvian, to use a Michael Rappaport term. He's, yeah, exactly. He's Latvian. Who do you guys... Running think? mate? <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, oh, that guy's so bad, bro. Yeah. He's terrible. Oh, my God. I, guys, loved, I love it. Do you guys have a name in mind for, for a guy that you could see next to Luca that would take the Mavs to the next level. Yos, go ahead. I do, but I want Harry to go first. Uh, I, oh, so he's got a good one. That's how you know he has a good one, bro. When he wants to, he wants to uh, uh, back clean up, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, shit, man. Like, I don't know. Like, realistically, I can't think of anybody who they could actually get. But I think, um, like, from a 
if you're if you're just like kind of daydreaming about who you would want to see next to Luca if, if you wanted to really contend, I mean, shit, bro, it would have to be someone like I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I can't believe it, but Alec Kobe White, bro, like, <laughs> come on, man, <laughs> talk about an off-ball superstar, like. Well, they had somebody like that in Seth Curry. True, true, actually, true. And they turned him into Tyrell Terry, who might not be able to play in the league, so that's <laughs> dance. What the fuck? Uh, Yost, do you have a name? Who's um, yours, Armand? Yeah, he stole mine. It was uh, Kobe White. So I'm going <laughs> to oh, pivot. Shit. I'm going to pivot, and I'm going to go with – here's the problem, and I think we need to take this context into account uh, when we talk about ideal running mate or, um, like, someone who's realistic. So – when you pose this question to the chat, Harry, Harry picked Dame, which is Dame would be the ideal running mate to anybody because he's awesome. And, you know, he could play off of Lucas sometimes. He could bring the ball up sometimes and just, like, focus on being a bucket. Um, you can't get Dame. You don't have the assets. Right now we're looking at Kristaps Porzingis on, you know, three years left on his deal, about $30 million a year. Uh, Hardaway's expiring. Reddick's expiring. Powell's, you know, making more than he, he sh- he's worth. Uh, Richardson. Like, there, there's no assets on – the best contract is Dorian Finney-Smith at $4 million next year. Um, there's nothing here. Um, I, I think that given that context, somebody like – the ideal running mate would be Dame Lillard, Brad Beal. Not going to happen, right? Um, Harry mentioned Kobe White. If you can buy low on a Kobe White, that'd be great. You know, that would be ideal. Um, and I, I'd love that. Um I'm thinking of of two guys. So I'm thinking of Zach Levine um, because Zach Levine is due for a contract next year. You know he's going to want the max. Are the Bulls willing to pay him the max um, given the fact that he's never made the playoffs? And, you know, even this year they trade for Vooch and and they kind of fizzle out. Um, Do do you want to pay him that kind of money? But if you put him next to Luka where all he has to do is focus on scoring – That'd be pretty fascinating. That'd be a pretty good situation. And then McCollum, you know, he's got a lot of money coming up. The Blazers fizzled out in the first round. Um, Fourth time in five years, I think. Maybe they decide to shake it up. The problem would be, would you send them back KP? KP, you know, how much does he have left? So um, there's an issue there. With Zach, I think the deal would be just a bunch of picks. Um, Too many picks picks and young players as you can scrounge together. So... um, those are the two guys that I have in mind that might be attainable. But again, this team has no assets and bad contracts on the books. So it's a tough spot. So spot track says that they have basically 18 million um, max cap space. And with that being taken into consideration, maybe they can get a team to take Josh Richardson's 11 million. They'll probably have to attach an asset to get rid of him. And Maybe, you know, maybe they can do a Josh Richardson and, like, add, like, a Jalen Brunson as the asset because he has a good deal. But yeah, I was thinking maybe we can get to, like, $30 million and just throw it at the Rose and just say, fuck it, YOLO. I'm, <laughs> that would be a recipe to disaster. I'm ready for DeRose. it. I'm ready for it. Just run, pick, and roll. Get him on mismatches. I don't know. Is this your scheme to get Luca to the Bulls? <laughs> no. We're, okay, we have five hate minutes it. left here. We have five minutes left. Let's pivot real quick. So what is the – is DeRozan just not, like, 
is there no good situation for DeMar DeRozan? He's a free agent, and he might be. I refuse to believe that that's true. So because he's a good, he's a fucking good basketball player. So then, where where does he fit? Because I don't I don't disagree with what Yos uh, with his reaction to the Dallas fit, but where does he fit then? Somebody's gonna have to pay him, right? Like, is it gonna be the Spurs? Is he just gonna stay? I know this is a big pivot, but. Is there a direct- what team needs what team needs absolutely zero shooting? <laughs> well, when you put it that yeah, way, I mean, like Memphis. I don't know. Like they can't really shoot, but maybe I don't know. Like what team could use DeRozan? The Raptors. <laughs> wow. Ooh, but that's hot. I like that. The Raptors. Run it back. The legacy team. Exactly. So we only have four four and a half minutes left. Let's I guess make to... a new Zoom, Armand. Come on, we, we, we don't have to do the whole four minutes. Like, let's just make a new Zoom, edit it together. Unfortunately, I, I actually do. I have to go. Um, in 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 four minutes. I know Harry just made a facial expression towards me, but I do want to ask you guys with the Clippers playing the Jazz now to give a to give a prediction for that series. Uh, Yos, why don't you go ahead? Clippers and six. Wow. I'm disappointed. Yeah. What do you what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Best player wins the series. So you're both going Clippers and Six. I'm going Kawhi. You know, there was a couple people that brought the Jordan thing back today. Rashad Phillips, Yoda, I think, was one of them. And he's playing at an insane level. I'm still gonna go jazz. Jazz in five. If Conley's healthy, I think this team is too – they really do remind me of those kind of like the way the Spurs moved the ball in the uh, mid-2010s. I know <laughs> you guys have known me for like two years now, and there's been like three teams that I've probably said that about. <laughs> the Raptors, the 2019-20 yeah. Raptors. And, and, yep. and the Pacers. Spurs X. <laughs> the Pace. oh, yeah, you did say that about the Pacers. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Yes. So we know that uh, Logan Paul and uh, Floyd Mayweather got a huge payday today. How much of a, how big of a payday do you get if the Jazz won the championship? <laughs> I haven't actually made the official bet yet, but tomorrow I will, I will officially place the wager on the Utah Jazz. What I are think, the odds looking like? Let's do it right now. I am actually not sure. Um, it must be the lowest for a one seed ever, right? They are well, – I know they're favorites to win the West, surprisingly, but I don't know what they're – let's see, futures, the Jazz to win the championship. Wow, they're they're in second right now, second best odds, plus 350. Oh, wow. Armand going Chuck, hate to see it. It is Chuck. Wow. And the Jazz to win the West are plus 140. This is a horrible wager for me. Wow. That's a, that's a low value bet, kids. Might just have to throw it on the Nuggets at plus 800 to win the West. They're the – Least likely. That's yeah, yeah, bro. Bet it on the Nuggets. Bet it on crypto. <laughs> Bet it on crypto. Jokic coin to the fucking moon. Is there? Before we get out of here, is there anything else you guys want to get off your chest? No. I'm just happy bro, to see game you game. guys. Love and you guys. Yeah, love love you guys. This is hey, congrats on going viral, buckets. We love you. Yes. You. Love you. The guys. problem is, is that I wish that uh, LeBron wanted to win. A championship and KCP wanted to win a championship as much as you did. Oh, Medill Mafia days. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, 
Armand out. Peace.